You're listening to Galaxy of Film. Alright, and welcome back to the brand ups of Galaxy of Film. I'm, of course, your host, Max. I'm joined with, yet again, my co-host, Danilo. How are you doing, man? I'm doing okay, man. Uh, right before we're recording this, right before July, the July holiday, so, you know, getting ready for that. But other than that, I'm doing alright. Anything special going on, man? Any, you watch Stranger Things yet? No, I, I'm gonna go do that tonight. Um, but I get to go home this weekend, so that'll be interesting. Okay, okay. Looking forward to that? I guess so, man. I guess so. <laughs> <laughs> you sound thrilled, man. Uh, yeah, we got a special episode this week, dude. We've been playing this one for a bit now, for for quite some time. Yeah. I think since March, actually. Um, we've got a very special guest star coming on the show. We're introducing Karen Whitfield, known as the Bronze A's Bad Girl. How are you doing? I'm doing great. Thank you for letting me be on part of your show. This is interesting. It's nice to meet the three of you. Of course. It's glad to finally get you on here. We've been talking about this for, uh, for quite some time. Um, so go ahead. Tell us a little bit about yourself and what you've done like within D.C. and you know how you've become Batgirl. Well, I was introduced to um, the Batman show when I was nine years old, actually. Mm-hmm. Um and you know, watched the Batman '66 then, and then just ten years later, I did meet Burt Ward in Raleigh, North Carolina, and I moved out to Los Angeles. And then, um, just very shortly after that, I was introduced to traveling with he and Adam West as Batman and Robin um, on the um, on their their appearance tours mm-hmm. and what happened is that they wanted a Batgirl to travel with them and Yvonne Craig wasn't traveling with them. It was 10 years after the show had ended and so they decided to hire me, DC Comics did, to uh, travel with them. So at the time it was when the animated 19 animated um, Batman Adventures had come out in mm-hmm. January of 1977. So when I met them in September of 77 and started traveling with them in 78, it just worked because they had donned me the Bronze Age Batgirl uh, mantle. And but they had put the original suit on me with the, the black suit with the blue cape that they skipped over. Um, for the show because Yvonne had wore the purple and gold. So I mm. did wear that and it all worked. And the three of us, you know, traveled all around the country um, and making personal appearances and little uh, show, you know, little uh, skits that we would put on and just sign um, autographs. And it was really, really uh, great to, to be a part of uh, the DC family and their and the Batman and Robin family. That's awesome that you're able to be part of, you know, this big legacy. And, you know, Batman was such a big part of, of pop culture then, as you see, has only continued to evolve over the years. So it's great that you're a part of that legacy and that we're able to get you on this week, honestly. It really is is amazing that you're a part of all this. Well, wonderful. Thank you for asking me. Of course, of course. Um, we also have another guest star this week, reintroduced into the show. He's been here countless times at this point. Brian from Drink the Movies and the Older Public Podcast. How are you doing, man? I am doing great. Uh, thanks for having me back on. Excited to be here on this uh, very special episode talking about, uh, you know, the uh, uh, 1966 uh, Batman, uh, which is a really fun show. Have a lot of uh, good memories tied to uh, watching that uh, growing up and all that stuff. So excited to be here and uh, excited to be back with the uh, Galaxy of Film crew, you know, talking another movie, uh, something not Star Wars. So that'll be good. Yeah, man. I know. We always talk Star Wars with you. Too much Star Wars, honestly. <laughs> uh, but we got a special and a different episode for you guys. Of course, we're talking the Adam West Batman film. Um, we're going to be talking the TV series as well, kind of blending in both the film and series as we go along. Um, and we'll be mentioning maybe some stuff here and there from the animated things if they come up. Um, but before we go ahead and get into our main topic for this... Karen, you also wrote um, a book, Bat Driven West, about your whole experience as Batgirl. I did. Um, thanks for asking about that. Um, mm. I did 
start writing it January of uh, 2017, which was the 50th anniversary of Batgirl, and finished it in 2019. It took me two and a half years. And during that time, we lost Adam, which mm. was uh, pretty devastating. And I put the book down for a bit, and, and I heard him say, pick this book up. So I picked it up and kept writing and uh, had it published. And now I'm working on the second edition to the book. Oh. Um, I, yes. Um, so I did publish it on my own, like a self-publisher. Mm. And now I'm going through a... Um, a publisher um, because they're going to take it to the next level where I'm not, you know, I don't know how to do that actually. So they're taking it to the next level and I'm adding more stories, more okay. pictures that now I'm finding and I'm just adding what's happened uh, to uh, me and what's, what's going on since the book ended, you know, like the uh, comic cons I've done mm -hmm. and the people I've met to help me along this journey. So I'm really excited about it. And the, book company is called YBR Publishing, um, which YBR means Yellow Brick Road, which I just love that because I'm a big <laughs> Wizard of Oz fan. So it's it's going to take it to the next level. So I'm really excited about it. That's awesome that you're doing a second part of that. I really like that. It's exciting. Yes, because when I first wrote this, when mm. we traveled together, there wasn't many cameras. So there wasn't a lot of pictures um, out there. So now that I'm come back out after 35 years, People are finding me, so they're sending me pictures of themselves when they were little children, seven, eight, nine years old. Now they're like, you know, in their 40s and, you know, um, early 50s or so, and they're sending me pictures of themselves. So I'm signing, the, signing them and sending, them, sending it back, and they're giving me one also to keep so I can add to the book. I'm, I'm really excited about that. Wow, that's pretty awesome, actually, though. So you get a lot of fans that reach out to you over the years since you've put out the book? Well, yes, since I put the book out, because it was mm -hmm. a missing story, because I left um, I left the D.C. family and Adam and Bert after seven years and came back home to North Carolina to raise my children. And then now that they're raised, I'm back out there. So a lot of people didn't know about all that that happened, but the ones that did come out to see us, you know, they're finding. And But once I put that out there on Facebook, mm -hmm. when Adam West um, passed away, a lot of people that did know about had been looking for me and they couldn't contact me because I just got on the social media in 2015. Okay. And so now a lot of people are finding me, the Comic-Cons and things like that. So, yes, a, a few people have reached out Um to ask me, you know, what happened and where did I go and things like that. And that's why I wrote the book, just to tell the story. That's awesome. I like that some fans are, you know, also being able to contribute to both this book with helping with the pictures and reaching out and also the the next book coming up too. That's pretty awesome. Right. Um, it is exciting. With that, with the book coming out and everything, I want to ask you a couple questions we have prepared for you. Um, Danilo, do you want to go ahead and get us start off with this? Yeah, sure. I'll start it off. Um, okay. Um, from 78 to 84, you've traveled alongside Adam and Bert, um, as Batgirl. What was the experience as Batgirl like during this time period and how does it compare to the popular convention scene now? Well, it was, um, somewhat the same, but different. When we traveled together, uh, num number one, uh, there wasn't cosplayers back then. There wasn't mm. even a word cosplayer. So we were the original cosplayers, right? And that's, <laughs> I think that's really neat. So when we were out there, you know, people came to um, meet us and visit um, and they weren't dressed. So that was pretty uh, exciting uh, that to see that now, all the cosplayers and, you know, that have uh, come out and the, the Comic-Cons, we, there was, there was not any Comic-Cons when we were out until later in um, the 80s. And I think it they really started up right after I left it, probably. So we would we would be um, at car shows, opening of stores, um, uh, fundraisers, you know, like foundations like mm -hmm. MS and things like that. I remember us um, of, us doing, and, and so it was the same where people would come out, and we had lines so long because it was just ten years after the show had ended, mm -hmm. and so there were you know lines to to meet um, to meet us. And it was just uh, pretty surreal uh, to see that. Um, now, you know, of course, you have us 
and, and we were the only superheroes out there at the time. Um, and we didn't have a lot of competition. Now, of course, in the Comic-Con world, um, you know, there's lots of uh, different, you know, actors and actors and actresses that are out there that the fans can meet. So it's a little bit more competition. Um, and so, you know, th that's the difference. But still, uh, being able to meet the fans has, has been pretty surreal. Awesome. Um, also, in your book, you discussed that it was Adam who originally suggested for you to become the traveling Batgirl. Was there ever a discussion or an idea for your version of Batgirl to go even further beyond just traveling before you came back to North Carolina to raise your family? So, like, was there any sort of like a follow up to the series or a film that was in talks with you involved or some sort of um, like a commercial or advertisement featuring the three of you guys? That's a great question. Um, no, I don't remember that. I was, you know, very young. I was only 20 years old when I started uh, traveling with them. If there was some discussion, I might have forgotten about it, or okay. I'm not even sure if there was. I do know there was a equality um, commercial that had come out with um, Yvonne Craig and, and Burt Ward. They mm -hmm. had um, filmed a, like a uh, equality commercial, but... I don't remember anything like that. And maybe if I didn't come back home, there might have been some kind of discussion of us having another, um, you know, Batman and Robin and maybe Batgirl or, uh, you know, I, I don't know. Mm -hmm. Maybe, maybe it could have been. <laughs> but, Interesting. you know, as, as life went on, it wasn't. Um, so, and unfortunately, Adam, you know, it was mm -hmm. Michael Keaton that was in 1989, 1989, the film. And I left around, you know, 85, but I traveled another two years after I moved home and met them at different cities. But then when I actually hung up my cape um, was like 1987, 88. Okay. And I didn't, it was in my back cave, so to speak, until I decided to bring it back out in 2000. And, and 15 and and i believe and i didn't go to comic cons i i never went to a comic con except for the one i was in last year in june um in the fayetteville comic con because i knew mm -hmm. once i'd walk through those doors i would feel it in my heart again and it would just uh take control i'd, I'd be i would be back i felt and um so when yvonne passed away it really sparked my heart and then um I, I became, you know, I got on Facebook and became friends on Facebook with Bert's daughter and sister. And with saying that, that's what, you know, I decided to go back out to visit them after so long in 2016. And on the way home the fourth time that year, that's when I decided to uh, possibly revisit the journey and write my story so i decided to in january of 17 which was the 50th anniversary of batgirl um so you know it's 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 it's, it's pretty interesting how it all sort of went and the timing of it all was just impeccable mm -hmm. it was and speaking of like picking up the cape so to speak um towards the end of your book you go on to express about how much you love and respect both the suit and the role of batgirl is there anything you're hoping for the future of Leslie Grace's upcoming performance for the Batgirl film we're getting later this year? Well, I can't wait for that to come out. It's our very first Batgirl movie. Mm -hmm. And I feel like I've been some type of ambassador to that while I've been out um, traveling with the Comic-Cons, telling everybody about it. Because a lot of people still don't know um, that it was filmed and it's going to be coming out hopefully soon. So I'm telling everybody about that. I really feel that they chose someone really um, awesome. I think she's going to be great. She's uh, is going to bring a whole nother, you know, another feel to her. I believe that she's going to take it to the next level. And I'm really excited. I think she's going to be great. She's going to have the kindness and the sweetness that Batgirl has, but also you know, somewhat of, um, excuse my language, but a badass. I hope that they bring that out too. <laughs> so I, I think so. I can't wait to see what she does with the role um, because it's time and also the age that we're in now, um, you know, she can take it to the next level in, instead of, you know, the way Yvonne was. It was more, you know, back in the 60s and lighter. So it's going to be interesting to see how this goes. And I'm excited that Michael Keaton is going to be the Batman in it since he was the very first one after Adam. Mm -hmm. And I'm glad that they, they moved into that instead of skipping over and going to one of the others. I'm glad it's going to be Michael Keaton.
I agree. I'm looking forward to it. We've we've been pretty positive and looking forward to it here on Galaxy of Film. Um, let's go ahead and take a moment to go ahead and take a quick break like we usually do for our listeners. When we come back from our break, we're going to go ahead and discuss Batman the movie. We'll be right back, guys. Oh, hi, Mark. All right, and we're back from our break. Danilo, go ahead and give us your recap, my friend. Yeah, so this movie um, released two months after the first season, uh, the show ended. Uh, this movie was pretty cool because um, all the bad guys kind of had a little team up here. This was maybe the first team up, um, you know, mm. that we saw before, like, Marvel did it, you know, many years down the line. But anyway, though, you know, it's a bad, uh, movie, obviously, Batman and Robin. Anonymous tip is put in about danger on the yacht. Batman and Robin rush to the scene just to be attacked with a shark that exploded once Batman used his trusty shark repellent. Yeah, dude, that um, thing's pretty Bat- dope. We gotta talk about that for a minute, dude. We have to. Yeah, yeah, no, the, the cool. most ridiculous invention in the world is like the most coolest thing for Batman. <laughs> and this shark just explodes from the instant he just sprays this this bad stuff on him. It's pretty great. It's pretty well, not only was not only was there the shark spray, it was like a whole line of like marine repellents that he pulled off of the, uh, yeah. the helicopter. <laughs> You're right. Only, Come on, man. Only Batman. Only Batman. Movie continues on. Um, Catwoman disguises herself as a Russian journalist, Miss Kit, Kit Kitka, and is fake kidnapped with Bruce Wayne, not knowing it was Catwoman. After escaping, Batman rushes to the United Underworld HQ and has to stop a bomb. The Penguin is in disguise as well, tricked his way into the Batcave with, with dehydrated henchmen and kidnapped the World City Council with the use of the dehydrator. Rushing to a submarine, Batman and Robin chase down the Penguin and have to fight with the four villains on the submarine. During the fight, it's revealed that Catwoman is obviously, you know, Miss Kitka. The Commodore accidentally breaks the vials containing the Powder Council members and seizes on them, scattering the dust. Batman creates a new device to separate the individual dust molecules and the Council members are returned to life. After the Council members continue screaming like nothing ever happened in the first place, each of their languages are swapped and Batwoman, Batman, expresses to Robin that he hopes his uh, strange mixing of minds does more good than bad to the World City Council. Yeah, then they just kind of propel down their, their bat ropes, man, and then the rest is history. We get two more seasons of the this fantastic show, and the, kind of the rest is history, you know, with, with this, with Batman. Um, yeah, yeah. Gosh, when was the first time you got into the Adam West's Batman, Danilo? When was the first time you watched this stuff? Dude, my dad showed me it, and it was... I don't know. I was like six, seven, eight. Okay. okay. Somewhere around there. Because mm-hmm. he really liked this uh, movie. He For some reason, he had it. He doesn't have a lot of movies, but he had this on DVD. And okay. he thought it was like a good thing, good thing to like tune me into or whatever. Mm. So he popped that bad boy in and I watched it at that age, dude. And I always remember the submarine fight. I thought it was like the coolest action, like the coolest action sequence I've ever seen. Yeah, I feel you, dude. And like you said, uh, this was way before like superhero movies were such a big deal. And this is this is like the big the four big bads of the show coming yeah, together yeah. on the fight one screen all shared together. It's this big epic moment for sure, and a hundred percent is. Uh, Brian, what about you? What was like the first like weird memories you might have with Adam West's Batman? Yeah, for sure. So I think um, probably probably same as Danilo and a lot of you know kids growing up probably got introduced to it uh, by their parents. I remember um, the like the I don't I don't have like a specific memory of seeing the film. Mm. Uh, per se, but I I remember watching like the show, um, and I want to say it was probably on like TBS or something. Um, in the afternoon, so we'd watch that like after school and stuff like that. And I think that the movie probably just got played like in that block of time periodically, like mm. however it it fell like you know within the the realm of the series. But but yeah, I mean it it was just fun, and I w- always was like super drawn to it. I liked the villains. I kind of liked um, you know the the campiness of it. I really liked Adam West and how he portrayed Batman. Um, I, I just thought it was a lot of fun and it's something that I, I watched for a long time. And then um, when you invited me to come on and, and do the show, I went back cause I have, I have the DVD of the film, probably the same one that Danilo's dad has. We probably bought it at the same time. <laughs> um, but so I, I threw that in. I watched it uh, this morning just to kind of, you know, refresh my memory before the, before the thing. And I, I forgot, you know, just kind of how, how much just, uh, just, fun like lighthearted. 
uh, comic book fun it was. And, you know, in, in a lot of ways, as comic book movies have gotten bigger and more serious and more grandiose and uh, darker, uh, it was kind of like a breath of fresh air to go back and just have something that was, you know, that lighthearted and fun. Yeah, man, I agree. It is very lighthearted and fun. Um, I don't remember what age I got into the show. I remember like when I was really little, catching reruns here and there on like my Elmas house. Um, but the movie, I remember I discovered, I think when I was like 10 or 11 on DVD, probably the same DVD copy as you guys have. Um, and I remember after watching the DVD, and I was, I was on a big Batman kick after The Dark Knight. And so, watched the DVD, and... Um, it didn't stick with me for whatever reason the first time watching it, but the weird thing that stuck with me was I, I bought this poster online after watching the movie, and it was basically of Batman doing the Uncle Sam pose, saying, like, only you can protect Gotham City or something. But I'll never forget, like, I went out bought the poster specifically right after watching this movie for the first time. Um, yeah, I, mean, I still have that poster in my mom's house somewhere. I need to go get that at some point. But Karen, you said you you watched the show the first time when you were roughly nine, correct? Yes, that's when um, it first came out because mm. you know I'm I'm definitely aged myself. <laughs> but yeah, they um, we didn't have color TV not mm. too much before that, and then when we were able to watch, you know, it was color, and it was just beautiful to see all the different colors and the way they, um, you know. The, and then the, all the characters were in their suits, and it was just pretty cool. And then we truly thought they were superheroes, so we didn't see the campiness of it because we were children, right? Yeah. We thought it was really it was real, and they were the first superheroes I remember watching on TV. And you know, we we couldn't wait to get home from school. It's like three. They would show like four or five o'clock in the afternoon or something like every day. We couldn't wait. And then the same bat time, same bat channel would come on and then we couldn't wait till the next day. Oh, what's going to happen? Is Robin going to get on, um, tied? Is, is Batman going to help him? And, you know, and mm. then a year after that, when, you know, the ratings were down, they introduced, um, um, Batgirl, you know, Von Craig to get the ratings up, hopefully. And to see her come on screen for the very first time, I just fell in love with her. I thought that, she, you know, made me feel braver and stronger. And I'll never forget that. And it was just really cool to um, to, to witness that part of it. Being a having a female superhero on um, TV and to show that all that she can do. I mean, she definitely um, blazed our trails um, for mm -hmm. us us little girls to feel that we can be just as powerful as the men were, the Batman and Robin, and then to see how she was with the um, villains and how she handled that, and she was a team player with them. It was it was pretty uh, awesome for us to be able to to see that and witness it, um, you know. So, and then of course, you know, being nine, and then you know that was before, gosh, all these other ones that that little kids grow up to to see and, and have, um, that was the first of, of my era. That's awesome. Um, being able to experience this, you know, live on air as it was going on. Um, do you by any chance remember, like, cause you're, you're saying, you know, your friends are all obsessed with this show growing up, obviously watching a weekly, like, do you remember any of their reactions to Batgirl specifically when that was a thing introduced to season three? Oh, that's a good question. Yeah. Yes. I mean, I remember going to mm -hmm. school and we would talk about it. We would talk about, you know, what happened the day before and what she did. I mean, we talked more about her than we did, you know, um, Batman and Robin. And then we <laughs> talk about the things that happened to her. Oh, yeah, we, we were really excited about that. And she was beautiful in that purple. And, you know, it's was, it was just really, you know, the purple and the gold. I mean, it was just mm. very colorful. I mean, we didn't have that too much um, before that. So it was really cool. And the way she did her high kicks and and she would fight and then we would see her not dressed up as Batgirl, just mm. as a normal, you know, um, a girl. It was it was just really, really neat. And she had a bit of a mystery to her as well. I've been rewatching some of those series preparing for this episode and like for the first, I don't know how many episodes, it's not revealed to like our characters, Bruce and Dick, that this is Barbara Gordon. You know, she keeps exactly. the mystery of Batgirl to herself and that's another great uh character development i think we see going on in this series and it took agree. a bit i remember it taking a bit to know that um she was batgirl because you know she mm -hmm. had the short black hair 
you know, as the librarian, then all of a sudden she had red hair, you know, on the cowl. Mm -hmm. And, you know, it, it took, I remember not knowing that it was her for, for a bit. And then when we figured out it was the same one, we're like, wow, that's pretty neat. (laughs) She can hide her identity. I I remember thinking that when um, I was that age, but pretty neat. And then who would have thought 10 years later, I would be right in the middle of of mm. them and getting to know them as people and traveling. It, it was pretty fun. And, and I will always honor um, Yvonne because she, again, taught me to feel braver. And then when I travel with them to let, and she, you know, was, a, she was, I felt honored that she let me travel with them. I mean, she decided to, I couldn't have. Mm. So it was really neat that she uh, did that. And that made my superhero that I, um, was that I loved made me feel great because you know I was nine years old when I saw her and then 20 years old you know I was out there uh you know in her um in her honor as Batgirl and it was it was pretty cool to be able to go back and remember remember that just 10 years later I was able to do it and I also want to ask you as well you know as you're 10 years later you're in your 20s you're in this role basically with the Batman and Robin because at this point you know there's no other <laughs> actors who have betrayed them really what do you mean they're still the Batman and Robin exactly <laughs> <laughs> but you're basically like in the role of a lifetime essentially um, were there ever moments during this time period where like you caught yourself like wow like can you imagine what nine-year-old me would have would have thought if she saw me now was there ever moments like that for you exactly i i did and you know and that's one reason why i was able to do that i wanted to do it when they asked is because when i was out there i could see on the faces of the little girls and the moms and you know the little girls especially and i love children and now at my comic cons i love taking pictures with them and just see the innocence and just see how exciting they were because it reminded it reminds me of me of how I was when I first saw her on the TV and then when I was out there and mm. just to see them come up to me and they never questioned well you're not the one on TV because I guess you know the comics was out um, at that point the Batman Adventures and then the animated animated series was out so it's it just really it went really well but just to see their faces and to talk to me and the excitement, yes, it was just really surreal to see that. But but going back to that question, yes, I'll never forget the first time I met Adam West and we um, Bert, um, and I flew from Los Angeles to Texas and we were going to um, the first show that I was going to see them in mm-hmm. before I became Batgirl. Um, and I was... Um, I met them in the uh, Dallas airport, uh, Adam, and we had to take this limo. That would be the very, that's going to be the, always the answer was the best time when you ever met him was when I, we had to get a limo because the weather was really bad to go from Dallas to the next city. Mm-hmm. They couldn't fly. So we had to take this limo. And it was a, like three hour trip or something. And I was sitting in the middle of them and it was Adam West and Burt Ward. And just to see them re- interacting and Adam was singing to the music, changing his words. He was being Adam West. And then just to watch them talk about things that happened to them and they would laugh. And then, you know, Bert, would, he would, um, he was always the organizer. He would tell us where we're going and who we're going to see. And he was going over everything with Adam, uh, what was going to happen when we got there. And it hit me, oh my goodness, I'm sitting between... Um, Batman and Robin. Gosh, mm-hmm. if people could see me now, I wish there were cameras. You know, we didn't have anything like that then, so it was pretty. It was pretty cool. That's awesome. That really is awesome. Um, it reminds me a bit of we've talked briefly on the show, Danilo. Um, I'm drawing a blank on the actress's name, but the girl who plays Kamala Khan from Miss Marvel, about how growing up, she, you know, she would also be such a big Miss Marvel fan, and now she has the chance to play this role. So it's always nice to to hear the love going in for the character as well. That's very sweet. Um, well, thank you. It was it was a lot of fun. Um, yeah, and just being there with them. I wanted them proud of me as I was of them to be their Batgirl during those years. It was really, uh, it was pretty, it was pretty, it was pretty sweet and cool. And they um, took me underneath their bat cape and just taught me how to be a superhero um, mm. to change into it. And they did. I mean, they were 
Adam West and Burt Ward, and when they put those um, cows on, and well, the cape, and then of course the cow and the mask was always last. And when they put that on, they really transformed into Batman and Robin, and it was really surreal to be able to witness that, you know, um, as I guess I was being trained before I actually um, wore mm. the wore the mantle, but uh, to watch that and watch everybody, it was really cool. And then when I was able to do it with them, it was. It, you know, those years, I will always um, appreciate and honor. And someone asked me this past weekend at the Heroes Con, would I do it again? I said, absolutely, I would do it again. I just wish I knew now, then, mm. like what I know now. <laughs> I would have journaled. I would have written everything down. I would have tried my best to get pictures taken and things like that. That's fair. Well, it's great you're also, you know, writing part two of the book to kind of fill in that gap, I feel like, you know. It's extending the story that was, you said earlier, it was the missing story. I felt Right. Like. So it's right. great you're doing that. Um, Brian, I want to go ahead and ask you, do you have any, like, off memories of the show or the movie in general, even? Like, just weird things that stick out with you over the years? Um, I, The one kind of, like, vivid memory I have it uh, of the watching the show, I remember, mm-hmm. would have been, like, my sophomore year of college, which I think probably was before... Uh, both of you guys were born, but um, my girlfriend at the time, my wife now, uh, she and I had gotten a dog, and it was uh, staying at the apartment where my where my life would my uh, my to be wife lived. So I would go like in between classes to like hang out with the dog and eat lunch. I had a pretty good break, and there was um, at that time that that was when Batman was showing on TBS mm-hmm. the reruns, you know, and they'd always end you know the same way with the same bat time, same bat channel. So I remember like. You know, a couple of days a week, I would just go, and that's what I would do. I would, I would take the dog out, I would eat lunch, and then I would watch like three episodes of Batman, and then I would go back to my next class. So I, I definitely remember that. And yeah, I mean, I just, you know, kind of fell in love with the show. Like I said, I really liked the, all of the villains. I was always drawn to the Riddler because growing up, I, you know, I, I liked, you know, puzzles and uh, mysteries and things like that. So I always liked the episodes that the Riddler was the uh, main villain in, uh, mm. just to you know try to try to figure out all the all the clues and stuff. You know, alongside of a uh, Adam West, who also who you know Batman always needed a, a little extra help from a uh, you know uh, Burt Ward there in uh, those situations. But those ones were always the most fun. But yeah, I definitely I definitely remember like going home between classes um, in college and just watching it, eating lunch and just having a good time, just you know uh, living in that world for a little bit, heading back to school. I feel you, man. This is also a good, like, in-between class thing for me. Um, specifically, like, in my first year in, like, college, this was uh, something I watched between classes as well. In early middle school, like like I said, like, when I was, like, 11, 10, after Dark Knight came out, I'm in 6th, 7th grade later on. Um, I just, I don't know. I started just di- deep diving into Batman stuff and really fell in love with mm-hmm. the show especially, like I said, with that poster. Um, one of the other memories that sticks out for me is... Um, my, I have a very close relationship with my Oma. I've, I've been open about this on the podcast before. Daniil and I have talked about it a hundred times because he's one of the only people I know that also has an Oma. Power to you for that, bro. Um, thank you. <laughs> but like, there's not a lot of things that like I've been able to like binge with my Oma or anything like that. Not necessarily binge, but like I've never had a show that was like our show together. And for whatever reason, something clicked. I don't know if it's because she also watched it when I was, was on air, if she was generally interested in the Adam West Batman series, or if it was just the right time for us. Like, she just caught her inches at the right moment. But that was the like, closest thing to our show, and I could still hold such a special place in my heart because of that. Um, the Dilo, do you have any, like, odd memories with the show or movie at all? Uh, not for the show. I didn't really watch that one growing up, uh, unfortunately. For the movie, though, for sure, man, I always remember him running around trying to get rid of that bomb. Yeah. Like, <laughs> that is a thing I, like, vividly remember about this movie. And think about it, like, a few times here and there. Yeah. But also, I like the, like, pals and everything that they had. Mm-hmm. I always yeah. thought that was so unique, um, you know, because we don't, like, see it and um, anymore. You know, maybe, mm-hmm. you know, whatever your opinions are on that. Mm. But I don't know. It was just something, like, special. Like, because like, I felt like I was more into the movie when it came up on screen, you know, and they had the nice sound effect and everything. And they would, like, change it up, too. So, like, you know, it would be kind of funny. Like, blammo. 
you know, instead of your pow whack, you know, stuff like that. But mm. no, I like it. Mm. Like it, it was a good movie. Yeah, it is yeah. a nice feature, dude. Go ahead, Ryan. And I, and I, I think um, you know we're kind of we're kind of the same. Obviously, I'm I'm older than you guys, but I would have been, you know, eight or nine when you know, when the uh, 1989 when uh, Michael Keaton's Batman came out. Um, and you probably would have been, you know, kind of roughly around that same age, you know, during the uh, the uh, Nolan uh, mm-hmm. trilogy coming out. So, so you had, so you had, you know, the TV show plus like this new iteration of it yeah. that we were kind of watching <laughs> like side by side and seeing the differences and, you know, seeing, you know, what Adam did to basically bring the character to life and, you know, project it forward into all of the iterations we've had since. You're right, man, because I, actually I was exactly nine when Dark Knight came out, 2009, and then I was ten when the Blu-ray came out. Um, for whatever reason, dude, like, that was our Blu-ray we had a thousand copies of. Like, for Christmas, we had gotten a Blu-ray player, and that was just everyone's thing for us. Was just I think we walked over six, seven copies of it that year. But, yeah, not complaining, I guess, but... <laughs> um, Neil, back to, like, you're talking about with the, the POWs and the Kablams, you know, the... You know, bringing all these onto the screen... One of my favorite little features that I discovered, I think it was from the movie behind the scenes, like commentary, and I think it was Adam specifically saying this was um, there's a detail when enter, whenever there's a villain on screen, it doesn't matter if there's a hero in the same frame, they tilt the camera crooked because the villains are crooked, and that's always been like my absolute favorite little like directing detail within this show. Um, like technical wise that I absolutely love and yeah dude that the bomb scene from the film is is absolutely wonderful <laughs> i think it's probably the best scene in the movie in my opinion um yeah. it really showcases like adam just being like silly and like the separation between everyone's dark knight and him being the bright knight i feel like um yeah sometimes you just can't get rid of a bomb yeah man sometimes <laughs> you just can't get rid of a bomb <laughs> but yeah what one of the other, uh, you mentioned the the camera tilt, and that's pretty cool. One of the other things that I like, um, it's it's really heavily done in in the film. I think probably just because because of, of the budget and things like mm-hmm. that. But um, in most of the scenes, everything is labeled just like it would be in a comic book panel. Yes, um, you know, especially <laughs> from that age of comic books. Uh, you know, which is something you don't you don't see now, or you might see it, you know, come up in like text on on mm-hmm. like the, the bottom of the screen or something. But yeah, you'd have like a like a literal like uh, like comic book like. <laughs> Like disclaimer, like this is what this is when you're watching the <laughs> scenes, and I thought that that was re- really cool rewatching it today. Yeah, man, that it is, is a nice detail. That is pretty cool. Uh, now that we're mentioning all these, I remember the movie very well because before I was like, um, I don't remember, but now, yeah, I remember all of that, <laughs> and that's one reason why on my book, that mm-hmm. German West, I put pow. It's it's in the like comic colors, the pink, and it has pow here. on it. Exactly. It has pow because I'm like you. I loved all that. The sock and the pow and the, you know, zap and the bam, you know, that kind of, I really liked it as well. So I thought I'd use that on the book. Yeah, it looks awesome. It really does. Um, So speaking with the movie, especially like Danilo said earlier, this is like the big thing, the big showcase, all four main villains, Joker, Riddler, Penguin and Catwoman. Um, And we have our two, of course, our two heroes, Batman and Robin. How are we feeling about these villains, Danilo? Like, what are your opinions on just the four of them in general? In yeah, I love them, man. I, I love mm-hmm. them. I thought they had, like, great chemistry together. Like, it was fun to watch them with the crooked camera and everything. Um, Riddler's just different outfits he had on. The Penguin. I just like the way they all interacted, you know? They all, like, were villains, dude. Mm-hmm. And, but they were, like, I don't really know how to describe it. You know, they just meshed together really well. Uh, I really enjoyed that. Um, I did like the Joker. He was pretty cool. Uh, when I was a kid, I wondered why he why it, like looked <laughs> a bit odd right above his thing. You know, because we're at different TV size and everything now than we have right now. Um, mm. And then as I got older, I was like, oh, they covered up a mustache. Like I thought that was like scarring or something. Because you know? he would not he would not shave it. He told mm-hmm. them that he was not going to shave it. So that's what they did, which is pretty cool. They allowed him to keep it, especially back then. And it's great that yeah, it still yeah. looks better than Henry Cavill and <laughs> his little fake mustache. <laughs> oh, boy. Um, for me, dude, I think my favorite villain out of the four is probably this iteration of the Penguin. Because he's just, like, of course everyone's, like, go-to Penguin. I feel like Stan DeVito, um, especially with, like, Tim Burton's, like, literal sense of making him a Penguin for that film. Um, 
but like you know, obviously Colin Farrell's Penguin is is pretty great too. We've discussed that when we talked about the Batman a few months ago, Danilo. But like yeah. looking like at the three live action penguins, it's kind of weird that like technically Colin Farrell is like we've gotten two more penguin esque penguin characters. It's really weird that the third iteration is the more human like version, um, and that's why I like this version going back on him. Because, like, he's the most, like, out there, kind of, like, in-your-face silly version of the Penguin. He's squawking and quacking between, like, his lines, which I love. Um, he waddles more, I feel like, a bit more than Danny DeVito does from time to time. I can't get enough of this dude. From the top hat to, like, the corny tuxedo, even. Like, th- I love the Penguin-ness. Um, what about you, though, Brian? What is some of your favorite villain stuff? Yeah, for sure. Um, well, like I mentioned uh, a little bit ago, I was really liked the Riddler and the Riddler storylines and the TV shows. Mm. Um, just, you know, cause I, cause I like to kind of, kind of play those games along with them. But yeah, I mean, in the, in the film, it's awesome. You get the, you get the whole rogue gallery there, the four of them. And they're like, <laughs> it's especially zany cause they're trapped on the submarine that also happens to look like a uh, penguin when they're showing the exterior <laughs> shots of it. Um, but yeah, I mean, they're just, they're just fun. It, it seemed like they were trying to like out, like out ham and out have fun like mm-hmm. one another and it just was a, a super good time and yeah the uh, iteration of penguin burgess meredith is awesome um it's and it's fun to go back and watch them and now that we've gotten a couple of different iterations you can see like what parts of you know they drew on you know from from burgess meredith or caesar romero or uh you know kind of kind of what they picked and pick and chose from from those characters and mm-hmm. you know these are the originals so i uh, they're they're the most fun and i love kind of their interactions and then i love their interactions uh you know when they have you know when they either have uh batman or um you know bruce wayne and you know <laughs> kind of no one knows who uh anyone else is and yeah it's just it's just a lot of fun it is man it is they, they pull that card like three different times not just the bruce wayne stuff but cow and miss kick uh and uh penguin when he disguised himself as the commodore obviously so good stuff, um, Karen. What about you? What are some of your favorite villains or villain moments from the series or, or the film, even too? Well, my favorite, of course, is the Catwoman. Mm-hmm. I I loved Catwoman. My favorite Catwoman is Julie Neymar. I mean, I to me, she was like a living cat, and she just was just absolutely beautiful. I loved her as uh, Catwoman. Um, you know, e- even though I liked um, Eartha Kid in the series and Leanne in the film, but I it was uh, Catwoman was my favorite, and and I'm like you, I, I like the Riddler because I like to an- I like to find out the answers, you know, what's gonna you know what kind of riddle are they gonna say and where they're gonna find it and how they work on on trying to solve it. I, I like the Riddler. I liked them all. I mean, honestly, I really did. I, I liked, but um, my favorite one would be Catwoman probably, um, and. Some of the scenes, you know, when some of the scenes of the show of the wall climbs, I love the wall climbs. And I remember wondering who they were going to have on there, you know, what star, mm. you know, they're going to have on there each each episode in the a series. I really like that as well. And then the Bat Tootsie. I mean, you know, for him to walk in, you know, um, Batman <laughs> to walk in the bar scene, you know, there was what Todd in there, I believe. But they had the Bat Tootsie and mm. he, when he did that. I mean, he had such a swag, right? <laughs> Walking in. I, that was one of my favorite uh, scenes as well. So, you know, there were there were a lot of great ones in the in the series. And then the movie was was awesome as good as well. And so tell me, like, Adam, I'm assuming like off screen, you know, years later, like was when you were nine years old watching this Batman, right? When you eventually got to meet Adam and Burr and work with them was Adam exactly how you imagined as a little girl as you see him on TV? Yes, he was. <laughs> I mean, because he had um, this he was so sweet and mm-hmm. so kind and you know as Batman like Bruce Wayne would be, you would think he'd be very caring and kind and 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 Adam was in real life. He was funny, made everybody laugh and made everything light of any situation we were in because it wasn't always easy you know where we would go and things that would happen to us or whatever so you know he'd always make light of it and then um and to see him as I mean, thinking mm-hmm. back, seeing him as Batman and then seeing him standing there in front of me and then you know, it was pretty tall and, you know, he, he had this power, you know, he, he empowered me because he had this, he was um, empowered when he put on the suit and he truly, 
acted like Batman in front of everyone. You know, we'd put these little skits on and he was, um, but he'd make them funny because he would come up with the skits and it wasn't always the same. He would do his, he would change up on us, you know, right before we'd sign the autographs and, <laughs> and things. So it was, it was pretty uh, surreal to be um, in the middle of the two of them. I mean, and then of course, Bert too, he was very much like Robin um, when he would, uh, you know, in the show, when he would put on his suit and, have his uh, Robin words and, you know, his uh, things that he would say, the whole, all the holy things that he would say, it, you know, they really portrayed like the, the show. Um, they would, uh, you know, act accordingly of how they were on the show and, you know, they didn't miss a beat. It was just, uh, just, uh, just amazing. It, you know, I just wish we, I wish I had videos back then. I wish we had cell phones back then. So I, <laughs> yeah. I could remember, you know, I could have on the show. It was just, it, it was just incredible. Yeah. That would have been some really great stuff to see. Honestly, that, that sounds like a total dream come true. Like for, for, for almost like any Batman fan, really, to be honest, right. to be able to basically be the sidekick for your favorite superhero. And <laughs> that's awesome. That really is a dream is come it? true. And, he, and they are exactly what people, um, would want to imagine or mm -hmm. could imagine. I mean, Adam, he was exactly the way you would want to uh, know him uh, as. He was just a really super fun and friendly and kind person. I never heard him say anything bad about anyone or he was never, um, you know, agitated. I don't, I don't remember him ever getting agitated at anything. You know, he just made, he was the bright knight. I mean, he truly mm. was, I mean, as a, as a human being too, he's, he, uh, he was just, he was incredible. I miss him. <laughs> yeah. I've, we miss him too. Just as fans, honestly, it broke my heart when Adam passed away. I'll, I'll never forget. Actually. I remember the, I was sitting at my friend's house and I heard the news, my friend, Nick, um yeah. gosh very sad i'm glad he was able to um play batman one more time or two more times actually but he was able to do an animated film batman return of the cape crusaders with burt returning and julie as well um and that's more or less kind of just an animated version of this movie because the right. same four villains come back they do it's a whole different you know they're up to a different scheme of course they have different traps different things they get into but it's basically the same movie um, so they were able to return to do this, and then that had a sequel called Batman vs. Two-Face, with William Shatner voicing Two-Face, which was really neat because, you know, that character never made it onto the show, unfortunately, despite being in the animated intro for all the years. Um, but that, you know, Adam got to, his last performance was Batman in that role. Right. And it's, it really does, like, warm my heart a bit to hear not only did he was able to play this iconic character again, especially for his last role, but, like, that he was also such a great person through and through the, the whole thing going on. Um, it's just nice knowing like one of your childhood heroes was genuinely a great person out there, you know? Exactly. That's exactly right. And you brought up the, the holies of Bert. I'm glad you bring that up too. That's one of my favorite things about this. <laughs> I, um, I probably say holy hole in a donut Batman, like on a weekly basis. It's ridiculous. <laughs> yeah. I mean, through life, through years, people still mm -hmm. do that, you know, and that was the beginning, I believe of people actually saying it and, and people still do that. I mean, it's just, I catch myself as well. And, and, and Bert is now our canine crusader, right? He mm -hmm. owns a dog food company, Gentle Giants. And mm -hmm. he has, um, you know, he and Tracy, his wife, they, uh, uh, you know, they have uh, their dog, uh, dogs out, you know. Um, and, you know, and now they have a cat food um, that they've made, and which is really cool. He's our a canine crusader, and he's doing really well. He's got a birthday coming up soon, so he's doing good. That's awesome. And he got to make a cameo appearance, appearance in... Um the CW event a few years ago That's as right. an older Robin, which is pretty awesome to see him That's right. you know, being able to return to the role yet again after Adam's passing in the two animated films. Um, yeah, it's it's great. I'm glad to see they were able to still remain active in the community and in their roles years later. It's very heartwarming to hear. And after um, Adam passed, um, I don't think that um, Bert had any... Um, you know, he hasn't done any Comic-Cons or appearances since, but he is going to be in the Salt Lake City Comic-Con in September. He's going to do that, which is really cool, and I'm glad he's coming back out. Um, because people still want to see 
you know, Robin, you know, I, would um, love to I know he misses, Bert, he misses Adam greatly and not to be there with him, but at least he can keep the legacy going on, you know, for, you know, as long as he can. I think that's great. A hundred percent agree. hundred percent agree. It's a very important legacy that deserves to be carried on as well. 100%. Yes. Um, Danilo, I want to go ahead and ask, you know, we're, we're getting up to the time of the end of our show. What are your final comments on Batman, the movie, Batman, the TV series, just Adam West's Batman in general, this whole era? What are your final comments in this whole thing? Yeah, dude. So I was obviously introduced to the movie and that always had a special place in my heart just because I have a good relationship with my dad. Um, you know, he was when he showed it to me. That submarine fight, I still think to this day holds up. Like, I'll argue with anyone. Like, like that, that that's a pretty good fight, in my opinion. Mm. Uh, I really enjoyed it. I think it has its cool moments. And once again, the blam pals, all those things. I think that's really cool as well. The TV show, I wasn't, you know, as I mentioned, I wasn't that much into it. I've seen some clips or whatever of it as well. And, you know, just to talk, uh, to piggyback off of what you guys were saying about Robin with his holies, you know. Like, I, I, I realized that from the TV show, you know, there's so many of those, and it's so fun. Um, so, yeah, man, like, all around, Adam West was an awesome guy, uh, especially when it came to Batman as well. He was even in SpongeBob. Uh, I liked how he was part of both my childhoods there, because I still watch some of SpongeBob. I was about to um, say, dude, he's also yeah. Catman in Fairly Odd Parents, which was a huge thing for me. Yeah, so, you know, like, you know, he's he's been a part of my childhood, which is crazy, you know. He's been part of many people's childhoods, so. Yeah, man, I agree. Rest in peace. Huge, huge figure in my childhood. Catman's how I found out about him before Batman, which is kind of crazy to say out loud. I feel like that really separates me and Brian more, <laughs> as he's been saying every time. Um, yeah, man, Adam West will forever be missed, definitely. Um, one of the celebrity deaths that hit me the absolute hardest was Adam. You know, God rest his soul, and his Batman will forever live on. You know, it's great stuff. All of it's great. Brian, what about you, man? Do you have any final comments? Uh, yeah, for sure. So anyone uh, out there listening, if you're not familiar with the like 1966 Batman series, you know, with um, Adam and Burt, you know, playing these these characters, uh, you should seek it out and watch it. You know, whether you pick up a copy of the movie somewhere or if if you're a fan of Galaxy of Film, you probably have the streaming service Tubi. I think mm-hmm. all of the uh, all of the seasons are on there, so you can you can watch them and, and throw a couple on. I mean, because it's just I. You should, we should always try to try to search out and you know pay respect to and learn from the original versions of things to to see how Robert Pattinson's you know the Batman came to being like that doesn't exist if it wasn't for uh, Burton Adam doing this thing back in the '60s and uh, yeah if you've never watched it uh, definitely definitely search some out and uh, you know give give them a watch because I think you'll have a ton of fun with it and. Uh, yeah, just a lot of great characters, a lot of great actors um, and actresses in this thing. And yeah, tons of fun. Do it. I agree, man. I agree. Now, Karen, before I ask for your final thoughts on this whole era of Batman, I want to ask for your thoughts on a different Batman piece real quick. Um, so a few months ago, actually, when I got to meet you, was at an event here in downtown Raleigh um, for the Batman, hosted by the Marbles IMAX Theater. And I'm very curious because we at Galaxy of Film have already had a chance to cover this movie. What were your thoughts on Robert Pattinson's The Batman? Well, I absolutely loved it. I At first, I was very um, hesitant mm-hmm. because I wasn't sure how he was going to pull Batman off. Now, granted, I watched all the Twilight series. Yes, I was one of the <laughs> Twilight people. I love Twilight, and I liked him in that movie, in the, the shows. So I was interested to see how he was going to um, he was going to be in that role. However, um, I'm a DC, you know, I'm part of DC, and I'm in, uh, and I believe in DC. And when they choose someone to, uh, just like Leslie Grace with Batgirl, if they choose someone to be in that role, then they really had to put a lot of thought and time and effort into it. And and um, and Robert Pattinson is a great actor, and I think he uh, really he he was great in it. I think they chose a, a great person to do it. I, and I loved, um, you know, the way uh, Matt Reeves, uh, I, I love what he did with it. I, I like, um, you know, like you were talking about the penguin, you know, Colin Farrell. Oh my goodness. I mean, you wouldn't even know that was him mm-hmm. if it was, if you didn't know, I mean, 
they just that that movie was just I, I really really enjoyed it and I thought that Pattinson did a great job I really did um and so yeah that's my question I'm, I mean my answer and I want to go back to when I met you too mm-hmm. I was very honored because when you came over and you wanted me to sign your treasure box of Batman on 66 Mm -hmm. and when you told me you came there just to meet me just to have me sign that i was just so honored and flattered that you came there i thought you were there to see the movie when you said no i came here just to meet (laughs) you oh my goodness it just it just made me feel very um it made me feel great and i really do appreciate you doing that and um you know it, it was it was just it was just it was just really um Iconic for me, actually, when when you did that, and I appreciate it. But yes, the movie was just um, amazing. Of course, you know, and I appreciated having the chance to meet you. Like I said, um, I definitely wanted to be able to come out and meet you once I had heard you were going to be there. Of course, um, I proudly have that Batman collector set actually in my living room on display. <laughs> I just got a new oh, show for it, put it up. So yeah, it's highly appreciated. I'm glad we were able to get you on this show finally too, because we've been talking about it for quite some time. Um, well, thank you for asking me. I know our schedules, my schedule has just been really um, <laughs> it's crazy with the Comic Cons and stuff, which mm-hmm. I'm really glad that they are wanting me to be a part of it. Because when I first came back out, I wasn't sure how I was going to be received. It had been so long and it took me a bit to come back out. But now that I'm out, it's like, I'm here to stay. I don't want to go anywhere anytime soon, you know, as long mm-hmm. as I can d- still do this um, with my help. And Mentally and physically, I'm 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 out here. You know, it, 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 I came back to raise my children, and now I'm, you know, back out, and I'm so excited that people, you know, still want to meet me. And um, and also something really cool is I did come back home to raise my children, right, from mm-hmm. uh, California, and my firstborn was born on Adam's birthday, September nineteenth, oh. um, nineteen ninety. And how how fun is that? The year after eighty nine, you know, mm-hmm. um, Michael Keaton was Batman. Then she was born in nineteen ninety, and it was on Adam's birthday. I mean, how ironic is that? You can't even make that up, right? So That's that pretty was pretty awesome. cool. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> that's pretty neat. So, but yeah, so it's, um, it's, it's great to be out here. And I feel honored that you all had me on your show. I appreciate this. Of course. And I'm glad to see you back out there doing the conventions and whatnot. And you'll always have, you know, support from Galaxy of Film behind you. Um, well, thank you. And obviously with this next question I want to ask you, Karen, you know, it's clearly not going to be your final comment because you're putting out a part two to Bat Driven West. The story is going to go on. There's more stories to be told from you. But what are your final comments for as far as Batman, the movie, the series in this as just far as a viewer goes? What do you have to say of your experience as a viewer? Well, I like that it was. Number one, I like how they respected the 66 movie, how they respected the nods that were on there. Like, you know, the cow um, mm-hmm. with, you know, it was real similar to Adams. And also the car was very, had some things on there that was like the 66 car. And then the Shakespeare, you know, had, I really liked that that movie did, re- you know, they showed respect from the very beginning of it in the 1966 movie. I did like that. Um, and I liked um, the storyline that he was more like a detective and, you know, and it wasn't at so dark like uh, The Dark Knight had uh, portrayed. It was a little bit lighter. Mm-hmm. And I'm, I just liked the storyline. I liked how, you know, they always talk about the bat and the cat, you know. Um, I liked how, you know, uh, Batman and Catwoman were more of a team and and you can see the um, adoration between them. I thought that was pretty neat. So, um, and now they're coming up with a sequel, and I'm really excited about that, and I can't wait to see that. I know. Daniil, I know you're looking forward to that sequel too, man. Yeah, that'll be exciting to see. Yeah, man, I know. A lot, a lot, of, a lot of cool stuff coming up, man. A lot of cool stuff here. <laughs> and honestly, I, I think this is probably going to wrap it up for our Batman episode, Danilo. I think so, man. I think so. Brian, my friend, it's always good having you on, bud. Where can our listeners find you, Drink the Movies, and the Old Republic podcast? Yeah, absolutely. Thanks for uh, having me on. It's always a good time to come on and talk movies with you guys. Um, you can check out my podcast, uh, like Max just said, uh, Drink the Movies and Old Republic podcast. They're available wherever you're listening to this podcast. Uh, so check those out, and you can find me on Instagram. It's at Astro 
underscore droid underscore. Uh, it's mostly like Star Wars stuff on there, but I always post about what we've got going on on the uh, podcast too. So uh, check that out and uh, appreciate any uh, follows or listens there. And thanks again, guys, for having me on. I appreciate it. Of course, man. Of course. Karen, it's been an honor to get you on here finally. I'm so thrilled to be able to get this episode organized together. Um, by all means, you are more than welcome anytime to come on Galaxy of Film uh, for a future episode. Where can our listeners find you, and where can they find your book, Bat Driven West, as well? Because people need to read this if they're a Batman fan, or if they're just a fan in particular of that show or film. I think this is something that needs to go along with that. Where can they find you? Oh, thanks for asking. Um, well, it is on Amazon and Blur, but um, but the way Amazon's, uh, the way they print the b- book is not as good as my printer does. So if you want to, you can mm-hmm. private message me at Live Like Bat Girl on my Instagram, mm-hmm. and you can um, uh, purchase it directly from me. I'll be glad to sign it and mail it out. And, and I have other things that you can buy as well. Um, I am working on a website now, but um, until that gets done, they can um, private message me and I'll be glad to mail one. And I have um, posters of a lot of the comic uh, covers with Batgirl on it as well, the Bronze Age Batgirl. And oh. I have a poster of the 1967 um, you know, poster that the one that she was introduced, I have that one mm-hmm. also. And, um, and I sell pops and I'll be glad to sell, you know, of the Batgirl and be glad to sign those. And so follow me. And also, if anybody would love for me to come to their city, you know, their Comic-Con, you know, please let them know. And I'll be glad to, uh, to come. And please come and meet me. I love to meet everybody and get a picture taken. So please come. Yeah, go ahead. Check her out. You know, conventions locally. It was crazy, honestly, that uh, for this episode, there are three like local people here as well. It blows my mind a bit, honestly. Oh, so uh, are all three living in the Raleigh area? Well, I'm in Raleigh. Uh, Brian, you're in Charlotte, I'm in, actually. I, I'm in Charlotte, yeah. And I was going to uh, mention I went and saw the the Batmobile from from the TV series at my mall when I was probably, I don't know, 10 or 11. And I have a Polaroid picture of it that I took because I got this oh, camera wow. for, for Christmas and I have it. And I, I'm pretty sure it's in the attic, but uh, anyone who's not from North Carolina should know that it is way too hot right now to go into your attic. So it's going to have to <laughs> have to wait, Max. I'll send that to you later, come fall, I guess, maybe. So. Yeah, I feel you. It is hot in that attic, dude. I was in mine yesterday. <laughs> Yeah, well, that's that's great. Um, but so yeah, it's 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 uh, it's that we have we're from a great area here, and that's why I wanted to move back when I was young. I, I wanted to get back here for, you know, even though I love California, I was it's you know there's no place like home, and North Carolina is is a really a great one. That's for certain. I agree. I feel you. <laughs> well, it was great having you on, Karen and Brian. It's great being able to talk this movie. Um, this is something in general, before we even had a chance to meet with Karen, that like this is something I wanted to talk about specifically. It's been on the list for a while. Very happy to knock it out. Yeah. Danilo, what do we got going on next week, man? What do we have going on next week, man? We have another superhero, Thor, Love and Thunder. Yeah, so check that out. That's, man, we've been marveling out back and forth, dude. Back to back to back. <laughs> Can't believe yeah. it. So much Marvel, dude. Daniela, what do we got going on? Do we have any LFGs coming up too? No? No, we do not. People can check out the YouTube channel, though, at Galaxy of Film Productions for the complete Star Wars Celebration Anaheim series, which will be uploaded by the time this episode is uploaded. So check that out. Um, well, Daniela, can I say what, what I'm going, what's going on with me real quick? Go for it. Yeah, go ahead. Okay. Mm-hmm. So in two weeks, July the 16th, I'm going to be mm-hmm. at um, Heroes for Kids in Perryville, Missouri. If anybody's in that area. And then uh, two weeks after that, I'm going to the San Diego Comic-Con. I'm going to be in the autograph area there. They've invited me out. So I'm really excited about that. It's their first big one since 2019. Mm. Um, I was there on their mini-con last November. So this is going to be huge. Um, So I'm going to that. And I'll be in the autograph area every day um, for about four hours. And then I'm going to be in North Carolina. So I'm going to do... Uh, Charlotte Con- Charlotte Comic Con again, which is in Concord on uh, August 7th. And then August 13th, since I know we're all from North Carolina, I'm going to be in Greenville, North Carolina. And then August 20th, um, the Mini Con in Wake Forest, North Carolina. And I'm their very first guest <laughs> they've oh, ever had. Yeah. yeah, they have uh, artists, local artists and things, but they tell me I'm going to be their, their very first guest. So that's pretty exciting um, because... 
you know, my daughter was born in Wake Forest. She still, she now lives in Wake Forest. Um, I'm being married and so on. So I'm going to, I'm going to be there. So August is going to be my North Carolina month. So just to let the viewers know if they're in the area, please come to one of these um, cons. That would be great. And of course I have more in September, October, but we'll leave it at, at here right now. Yeah. <laughs> of course. Yeah. If you're in the area, I'll recommend for my friends to go by there nearby as well. They have to come check you out. Absolutely have to. Thank but you. I believe that's going to wrap it up, Danilo. I believe I that's going to be it, dude. Um, go ahead, man. Where can listeners find us? Kick us off like usual, man. Oh, uh, yeah. Our listeners can find us on all podcast platforms, obviously, where you're listening to this. Instagram, Twitter, TikTok, uh, Galaxy of Film, and then Facebook group, uh, the Galaxy of Film Podcast. Be sure to check that out. And join it. Uh, right after this, I'm dropping uh, that scene from my thesis uh, film. <laughs> all right guys if you truly do enjoy the show geez i said it again man i can't believe i did it if you enjoy the show please consider leaving us an itunes or spotify review it truly does help out the show much more nick imagine uh follow us youtube galaxy film productions we got some more stuff coming on there after we upload the celebration content um and stay tuned for our socials because we have an event coming up actually here in raleigh soon they'll be giving some details for so stay tuned same bat time and same bat channel. <laughs> <laughs> Bye, everybody. Bye.